I say the Lord be with you. This sermon I want to dedicate to Harper, who's been on my mind all weekend as I've been preparing and as I've been proclaiming the good news in my closet <laughs> with the door shut to get away from children. <laughs> I've been proclaiming it to Harper. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Church, today we proclaim the good news that Jesus enters into the shadows of death to be with us. His presence is light like a fire, burning up our systems of violence, injustice, and despair. The realm of the heavens has come. Look around. We are not abandoned. Fun fact about me, in high school, while the rest of my peers participated in sports, band, or drama club, I decided that my extracurricular activity was going to be joining my Bible quiz team through my local church. See, about half the room just got really impressed and giddy and nerdy, like, whoa, Josie, that's awesome. But the other half of the room just got sad for me. <laughs> now, I mentioned this to you because one of the books of the Bible that I memorized in high school was the Gospel of Matthew, which we heard read this morning by Father Ben. And friends, let me tell you, young Josie memorizing this passage and older Josie hearing this passage have always come away agitated, annoyed, and sometimes even a little bit angry. I repeatedly would get frustrated by Jesus' actions in this story. That is, until a few weeks ago, when Jesus revealed himself anew to me. Or in other words, I had an epiphany about who God is, about who Jesus is. So why my agitation, you might be wondering. Matthew, our gospel writer, starts by telling us that when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been imprisoned, he went to Galilee. In our gospel translation today from Wilda Gaffney, you heard it read that Jesus went back to Galilee. And my assumption is that many of you who've listened to or read this passage in the, in the past are more familiar with other translations that say Jesus withdrew to Galilee, Right? Now, I don't know about you, but growing up, when I heard, memorized, and reflected on the words withdrew, I immediately made a connection to old war movies and shows that I had seen. You know, the one where the general shouts, retreat, retreat, withdraw all forces back. I've been really excited to say that in the microphone this week. <laughs> Maybe I should have been in drama club. <laughs> It was a natural way, right, for me to understand and read the text as Jesus withdrawing to safety. After all, earlier, his earthly father, Joseph, had retreated or withdrew to Egypt to escape the wrath of Herod the Great when Jesus was young. And this image of Jesus withdrawing agitated me for years and left me with questions like, Jesus, you know, that's not really nice of you to withdraw from John 
He's a family member, and he's the most prominent champion of your mission right now. He needs you right now. Why aren't you confronting his circumstances directly? The picture of Jesus that was formed in me over several years was a divine being that continues to focus on self-preservation and spiritual objectives that need to be accomplished in people's souls. He's less concerned about our actual circumstances. Let that sit there for a bit. Jesus felt distant, passive. Have you been here before? A.W. Tozer said that what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. But church, today we proclaim the good news that Jesus enters into the shadows of death to be with us. His presence is light like a fire burning up our systems of violence, injustice, and despair. The realm of the heavens has come. Look around. We are not abandoned. So how did Jesus show up anew to me? What is the epiphany? Let's set the stage a bit and give a bit of background on our characters. See, I should have done drama. First, before all this, Jesus was in the desert, meditating, fasting, tempted by Satan, and served by angels. Then we have Herod Antipas. Herod is the son of Herod the Great. Remember, that's the ruler who was trying to kill Jesus as a young boy. After his father died, the kingdom was split, and the part that Antipas inherited was Galilee and Perea. He's a vassal in the Roman Empire, wielding Roman power against his own people to exert economic control of his land and its people. And make no mistake, friends, this control was brutal. Poor peasants were heavily taxed. Imperial violence was a tactic used toward anyone in opposition. The people living in this region lived in the shadows of death. They lived in darkness. And that's when John comes in. It's into this darkness that John proclaims a new kingdom and speaks out against Herod taking his brother's wife as his own. John has already threatened Herod's good-standing relationship with the Romans, but then he calls out Herod personally. Herod, it's the final straw, throws John into prison, thinking, aha, problem solved. And what is Jesus' response? Jesus withdraws to Galilee. Galilee, Herod's territory. And this is the epiphany, friends. Jesus is not withdrawing to safety like I thought he was for so many years. Jesus is leaving the solitude of the desert, and he's marching into danger. Jesus hears that his friend, cousin, and partner in the ministry has been imprisoned by Herod, and immediately moves 
into Herod's territory. Jesus is not running away afraid. Neither is he staying where he is, unmoved by events around him. Jesus moves toward the conflict, moved by John's plight. This bold move of Jesus is self-sacrificing. It's courageous. And it's so full of allyship. Jesus allies himself with John by confronting his imprisoner, Herod, and continuing John's work. He proclaims the same message that John has been proclaiming, that the world will acknowledge God's sovereignty and not Rome's and not Herod's. Repent, for the realm of the heavens has come. And second, as if Jesus coming in allyship with John isn't good news enough for me and maybe for you, Jesus also allies himself with the people of Galilee. He settles in Capernaum, a poor rural fishing town where the resources are scarce, the communities are marginalized, and despair is rampant. He proclaims a new economic order and the righting of wrongs. And this is a terrifying message for the empire that is Rome and a joyous message for the rebellion, for those living in darkness in Galilee. The light of Jesus has come. And make no mistake, friends, it is like a fire. It is sweeping through Galilee, devouring the darkness, making all things new. I love what N.T. Wright says about both our gospel passage and passage in Isaiah this morning. He says, The boots of the tramping warriors and the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. Good news for a people like so many today who find themselves caught up in wars that they neither started nor wanted. This news stirs up joy, just like our psalm today that was sung to us by Joel. You save humankind and animal kind alike, faithful one. How precious is your faithful love, O God. In your light, we see light. Church, today we proclaim the good news. Jesus enters into the shadows of death to be with us. His presence is light like a fire, burning up our systems of violence, injustice, and despair. The realm of the heavens has come. Look around. We are not abandoned. Where do you, where do we need this good news today? Some of us in this church have literally escaped war and terror and have family members that are still living in danger. Today we proclaim that Jesus enters the realm of the shadow of death where you and your loved ones dwell to break the rod of your oppressor, to burn the instruments of war. Maybe you're similar to me and you or a close loved one is fighting a disease 
Today we proclaim that Jesus confronts that too. He is our counselor and perpetual parent. We are not abandoned. Are you in despair? Are you experiencing injustice at both interpersonal levels, maybe systemic levels? Are you tired in your parenting? Are you experiencing abandonment economically, vocationally? Maybe you feel like you've been proclaiming the kingdom, but you've been silenced and imprisoned by the power of empire. Friends, even while you're sidelined, Jesus comes behind you, continuing your resistance. Look around you. He is here. How do we respond to this good news today? What are you noticing in yourself right now? Maybe you just need to be, to rest for a little bit. We'll do our prayer of response in a moment. And as we do that, I invite you to breathe, rest, be still, and be with the Lord. After you take the Eucharist, you're always invited to come and light a candle over here at the side. And the candle's a beautiful image because it's a light and it's a fire. As you light it, imagine and proclaim where you see Jesus' light burning in your life, in your community, your nation, and your world. One final thought in closing. It was not lost on me this week that I was preparing for this sermon and that I would be preaching on the eve of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Dr. King reminds me a lot of John the Baptist. Or maybe John the Baptist reminds me of Dr. King. I'm not sure. Um, But we know the end of those stories, don't we, friends? When John the Baptist was in prison, the work he started was not abandoned. It did not stop when he was beheaded. Dr. King's proclamation of the kingdom wasn't abandoned when he was assassinated in 1968. There's peace and joy in that, friends. And there's also freedom for us and a call. We have freedom from the need to self-preserve out of fear that the movement dies. And we have a call to prepare the way of the Lord to become a threat to injustice everywhere. What does that look like for us? For me, it's learning to be what Father Matt calls me, a sneaky midwife. (laughs) Advocating for marginalized people from inside the state house. Maybe for you, it's showing up to school board meetings this spring and advocating for a curriculum that doesn't shy away from the injustices Dr. King opposed. Friends, this week, may you rest in the truth that the realm of the heavens has come. Look around and see that we are not abandoned. 
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.